We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. The baseball season is go, go, go. It's nonstop, relentless for every night, six straight months, and then hopefully another month in October. You also have work, friends, family, and a million other things going on. That's when you reach for a Coors Light. It's made to chill. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. I mean, the mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. Is there anything better than opening up your refrigerator after a long day, seeing that icy cold Coors Light can or bottle in your fridge? The answer is no, there's nothing better. That's why... When it's time to chill, you choose Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So that's why when you want to hit reset, reach for a beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. We are breaking down all aspects of Yankee baseball. This is the Bronx Pinstripe Show. With your host, Andrew Rotondi and Scott Reinen. Let's go. What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Bronx Pinstripe Show, episode 519. I don't know, maybe you guys listened to the uh, the live stream we put out on Monday morning. It was from our locker room stream that we did over the weekend during the Yankees game. Um, if you guys did listen to it, awesome. Appreciate that. If you, if you didn't you don't want to listen to live live streams because those can be a little convoluted i think well scott did we get did we get around to like the the sylvester stallone over the top movie towards the end of that like a rod's relationships were, were coming into play so obviously the topics get off track pretty quickly on those but we did talk some yankees for at least half of it yeah no i think it's a good mixed bag man i i really enjoy them because it gives us an opportunity to talk to just more people it's not just you that i'm talking to which is, uh, you know, that's What's wrong with just talking to me. It's just a little refreshing. You know, it's just someone else disagreeing with me than other than you. It's fine. I can, I can fight for, uh, for, for the things that I, uh, that I say with other people that it, it, it keeps me sharp. I like it. No, but it is fun. It's because other topics get thrown in. 
Um, people come with different perspectives. It's a lot of fun. You know, uh, we obviously want to continue to grow these and get more people in there so that uh, the conversations get even more convoluted because I think they could be, they can end up being a lot of fun when, when there's a lot of people in there. So my favorite part was when we brought on the Pirates fan and I was like asking him about a Jameson Tyon scouting report. And you're like, he's probably never even seen him pitch. I'm like, what? He pitched in 2018. And then we found out the Pirates fan has only been a Pirates fan for two seasons. So he has indeed never seen Jameson Tyon pitch. <laughs> but but he did go to high school, to a rival high school. So he was pitching around <laughs> that time. So yeah, interesting connections. But that's the other thing is you get people in that are not just Yankees fans. So you get to either banter back a little bit with them, get some different perspectives. It's just a, it's a cool vibe. It really is. I think it's uh it gives me a, uh, you know, almost that feeling, you know, originally when we started the show, we said that the premise of the show and the vibe that we always wanted to put out were, was two guys talking Yankees baseball in a bar. Like that was the vibe that we were putting out to the world. And I think it resonated with a lot of people. You could see it in the reviews on Apple. And when you go into a, a locker room setting, these these uh, audio social apps, you're essentially getting that, right? You're getting the random dude in the bar that you're arguing with about a topic sometimes. It's not just like the, the WFAN callers, but it's the other guys that are just randomly showing up in here and like joining into your conversation. And I I like that 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 energy. There's a, there's a different type of energy when that happens because you don't know what's going to happen. A caller comes in, you know the question. You don't know what's going to happen in these. And that's why I think it's, uh, I think they're fun. What, locker room needs to implement the towel whip, like a towel whip feature, like in the locker, like in a, a real towel whip. <laughs> okay. <laughs> taking the, taking that very literally. Uh, yeah. But so the next one we're going to be doing is Thursday around eight o'clock at night. I know there's no Yankees game going on then the next televised Yankees game, because for whatever reason, the Yankees don't feel like airing Yankees uh, spring training games. There's a spring training game, six 30 Friday night. To me, that would be the perfect time to air a game, but no, that's not on TV. The next one's not till Sunday afternoon. I don't think that's the best time to do a locker room. I don't think people Sunday at one o'clock want to just hop on. No, on, on I don't think phone. so either. So. I think evening is uh, is good. We'll see. Uh, we'll see how it does. But yeah, we'll continue to experiment. So eight o'clock uh, Thursday. Today's Wednesday. We're recording this. So tomorrow eight o'clock. Come on, uh, join. Go download the, the app. link. The link and, to downloads in the show notes. Yep. Um, it's free to download. Obviously you make a quick profile. You'll be, you can follow Scott and I, it's the same as our Twitter handles on there. So you can easily find us. But even if you don't, we'll be tweeting out the link to it once it goes live. And if you join the MLB group, you'll be notified when we, when we do go live, because there's still not a ton of rooms being created in the, in the MLB group. Yeah. So you'll see it. Uh, and then you can join, you can come on the show. You can ask us whatever you can, ask questions in the chat feature. So it's really cool. We did mention on that live stream though, that was put out on Monday, the Zach Britton injury. So I don't want to dive too deep into it. One, I guess, I guess thing to mention though, that we kind of forgot about is that Chapman is suspended to start the season because of the, the run in with Brussel. Now I'm not talking about the home run to end the season that he coughed up to Mike Brussel. That was the payment. Talk- this was, this is further <laughs> payment for that. I feel like MLB should have taken the suspension off after yeah. they saw Brousseau just totally own Chapman on the national stage, but no, he will be suspended to start the season for the, for the head hunting incident. Whenever that was last season, um, it's two games. So it's not a major thing. But no Britain to start the season, no Chapman for the first two games of the season. So I guess Chad Green's going to step up into that closer role. Who knows? They might win nine to one both days, or they might lose nine to one both days. They might not need a closer, but it's something to talk about. Yeah, I think uh, I think it just kind of leads us into a Chapman discussion more so that 
you know, talking about what's what's come about. And last year, he started throwing it. I think he was working on it, but the splitter has been a, a lot of the uh, the topic of discussion when you're talking about Chapman and even just around the Yankees is is how how good it's become. I mean, the uh, who said Boone's talking it, uh, about it as a, as a gross compliment to his fastball and the slider that he's recently developed. But we're looking at Chapman and what he's become, right? He, we know that the velocity's down a bit. Again, still high 90s, but now everybody's throwing in the high 90s or every team has five guys throwing in the high 90s, it seems. So it's not like seven miles an hour does not even look impressive anymore. I know, I which is crazy. Gun. But and that's and that's where he is. I think it's more of the the league coming up to him than him going down. Really, it's, so he's got to change things up. This has been a topic that you and I have touched on the long term, the long term success and the long term you know stability, if you will, it's like stick to itiveness of uh, of Chapman and and what it will be towards the end of his contract. Because the velocity obviously going to dip. He's got to develop these second and now third pitch. And I think a splitter, just if you think about the way that it operates, you know, coming out of that same arm slot, looking like a fastball. But from everything I've seen, it's about 10 miles per hour different. It's a really good, um, really good change of speed. And it's it's got good movement. So he's he's working on it uh, again over the on the offseason. And now he's been throwing it with a lot of confidence. And it's very good. I mean, you know it's something good when you have your catcher like laughing about a guy striking out and then the guy striking out going back to the dugout and like pointing at it and like looking baffled and telling all his teammates about what it was. You know that was a good pitch. So I'm But let's I'm also remember it. that this is a Raldus Chapman and anyone that steps in the box for a Raldus Chapman is looking fastball. So when he throws anything else, it's gonna naturally just be fooling to the hitter. Sure. But but we you said third pitch like because he has always had a slider. It's always been a bad slider. It's I've gotten never, better. It's gotten better over the over the years. I know, but I've never felt comfortable whenever Chapman has to go to his slider more because he doesn't have his fastball command that night. I, I, that's always a recipe for disaster. He cannot live with his slider. It's just not possible. Well, no, I mean any. I think that, that that's probably true though for any late inning reliever. Usually, most of those guys are two, maybe a third pitch. But primarily two pitches. If one of those, especially the fastball, if the you know the the pitch that you establish yourself with is off and you can't locate it, then that that guy's going to have a tough day anyway. So Dellen Batansis was kind of a unicorn in that sense, where if he didn't have his fastball, which happened pretty frequently, he could legitimately live with his curveball for an inning. I mean, his curveball was probably the best in the league. I mean, it was yeah. so devastating, and the fact that he he could control it better than he could the yeah. uh, and it was a it was an A plus pitch. You always had to have the fastball in the back of your mind, even if he couldn't locate it. You had to have it in the back of your mind a little bit. So the fact that he could locate that uh, that curve was just, uh, you know, that was gross. That is a devastating combination. Right. And if Chapman can get his splitter to, you know, decent levels to work off that fastball, because the the fastball splitter is just like, it's it's like peanut butter and jelly. It's a match made in heaven because they, it comes out of the exact same slot and then it falls off the table at the end. Roger Clemens credits the splitter to extending his career. I mean, maybe he should credit all the steroids, but I mean, he does credit the splitter to extending his career. Steroids help the splitter, apparently. If you, the, it's a it's, chicken or the egg scenario. It's interesting, though, the splitter. I would think that the splitter would have had a little more velocity, to be honest, because he's actually changing speeds like he would almost a change They up. called this a split change. Yeah. So sometimes splitters are called split fastballs, right. and sometimes they're called split changes. Which ups. makes sense, which makes sense. So he's probably holding it deeper into in his in his, in his uh, grip, deeper in the hand, so that he's trying to get that motion as, as much as 
you know, the mechanics as, as similar as, as possible, but he's having really good success with it. So I think this is a, not to mention the other thing about a splitter, more ground balls, less balls theoretically going out of the ballpark late in games to, to lose the seasons, you know, because that's yeah, happened I mean, a couple you, times. I know we talked about this the night that he gave up the home run to Brasseau, but this is now two seasons in a row that Chapman lost the playoffs yeah. on a home run. Right. And he also had the Cubs thing back yeah. with the when he was with the Cubs. Like that's three pretty high profile. Very as high profile as you can losses. get, really. Yeah. Yeah. And I know Chapman is kind of probably one of these guys that just blocks it out. Like he's a madman. Like it, it does not, hopefully it doesn't affect him. I hope it affects him. I hope it affects him. I hope he thinks about it and tries to get better. I don't want him to think about it the next time out, but I hope it, I hope it affects him. It better affect him. But I, I almost think Chapman and maybe it, maybe he's right. His mentality is like, that was a fluke. That was a fluke that I gave up the Brasso home run. That was a fluke that I gave up the Altuve home run. See, to me, that gets a little dangerous when you just chalk something up as a fluke or a coincidence. I agree, but don't like, you think oh, that's I his... should have been better. I didn't execute. There was a reason I why I did that. Why that But happened. don't you think that's his mentality? I mean, that certainly seemed like his mentality with the Altuve one. He was smiling, walking off well, the I, field. Well, that's an some instant reaction. Are, that That's an instant people, reaction that we destroy Sonny Gray for, but Chapman, you're like, oh yeah, it's just a sarcastic smile, clearly. Well, no, some people have, afterwards, after all the Astros cheating stuff came out, are like, oh, well, was Chapman smiling because he knows Altuve knew right. the pitch was coming? Or was he smiling because he's like, I can't believe he hit that pitch? Yeah, exactly. Or was he smiling because he's like, ah, crap, I just lost the American League Championship Series. I don't know what to do. A Ricky Bobby moment. I don't know what to do with my hands. Chapman's like, I don't know what to do with my face. And he just smiled as he's walking off. No, I think it's just a sarcastic, instant uh, gut gut check uh, smile here. I, look, I, I think the biggest thing for what we're, we're talking about this right now, we're talking about his new developed splitter. So clearly... He he oh, saw you think that issue. has something to do with the the home runs. I think that profile. he's. I mean, I don't know if it was directly to that home run or just understanding that he's not fooling people in high pressure situations at that point. So maybe I do have to add a third pitch that is that is a you know a, something that's used more. I need to show something a little bit more. He's making adjustments. I appreciate that. I don't. It doesn't seem like he's just sitting back and you know being idle about the the results and what happened. He's making adjustments and. The fact that the splitter is here and good so far, you know, spring training, obviously, but if we're seeing the splitter as a developed pitch at, uh, throughout the year and it's and it's being effective, like good for him. I, I think I see that as uh, him making an adjustment. That's what a professional should do. The Brasso home run came off his fastball. The Altuve home run came off a slider, a bad slider, by the way. That people the, are that saying Altuve that was they knew was coming, possibly. But people are saying, oh, Altuve must have known that was coming. How could he have be, been sitting slider in that situation? The slider was belt high. It was a, he plate. hung the shit out of it. It was a bad pitch. Yeah. So it's like a, a hanging slider is a batting practice fastball. Even if you don't know what's coming, you can mash the crap out of it. Yeah. So I, I always hated when people were saying, oh, oh, look, that proves Altuve. And, and who knows? Altuve could have had a buzzer on his nutsack for all we know. Like, it, it, we don't know. And well, I mean, I... We, I will believe that that he did know it was coming, whether it was a bad pitch or not. It's also so so uh, he was sitting back on that pitch. I've reviewed it. Everybody's dissected that. <laughs> You've a dissected times. the film. The fact that he's <laughs> sitting back on this pitch, waiting for it. It's clear that he's waiting for it and not just reacting to a hanger, uh, but also ready for that fastball. Because you're 
you're just your 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 body position, your weight is just in a different place, most likely if you're if you're trying to guard against that fastball. It was a two o slider, wasn't it? I don't remember what the count was. I believe I think it was two o because I think we talked about well, once you fall behind two o with the first base open, why don't you just walk them or pitch around them? Yeah, whatever. I'm not going back into the the, the mechanics of that that painful season, but um, I'll believe that he uh, that he knew it was coming. Whatever helps you sleep at night. Yeah, exactly. A uh, couple of other injuries to mention in camp. So Miguel Andujar has been shut down. He's dealing with a right wrist issue, muscle strain, and a nerve issue in his right wrist, which apparently he's been feeling since winter ball. I don't know how many times we have to go through this same thing where a guy feels an injury, doesn't tell anyone about it, and then two and a half months later, it pops up. I, I just... Some of these injuries, man, you just can't... You, you just... It's so convenient to say that and be like, oh, why didn't he do something about it? How do we know that he didn't take two to three days off, understand that it was there, like, and try to put some ice on it? These guys get that they get nicked up and like a muscle strain and a nerve issue in your hand. They're just going to play through it as they should probably, but it became too much. Well, so that's the thing. I think it's part of the reason the Yankees get criticized is for the information that they release. If he was dealing with a wrist injury back in winter ball and part of the information that they released is he took three days off when it happened, but that didn't, then okay, fine. They're under no obligation to release what he's doing in the Dominican in winter ball. Then why mention it? Because that's what happened. It's the truth of what happened. He felt something. It was, it was something that has come back. And unfortunately now it's, it's become a problem. And rather than every other time that we don't hear about it, it just goes away. We don't hear about it at, at that point. So you know how many times that happens that we're not talking about that because it just goes away and we don't hear about it? Fair enough. I don't really care. I don't really care to talk about the injuries, uh, the medical staff timelines and and the information that they release anymore. You're the learning. point I wanted to make with Miguel and Duhart is he was already a very long shot to have an impact on this, this year's team. So now what does this do? Does this just potentially end his Yankees tenure? Yeah, it's it's a... He's definitely fighting, you know, for for roster spots at this point. There's not not a true fit for him on the team anyway. Um, maybe you know it's depth at third base. That's how you're looking at it at this point. Especially we'll talk about Geo in a little bit. Uh, potentially sliding over to Schwartz on some days. So yeah, you need another third baseman. It does add, uh, you know, that flexibility in that one particular spot. So I still think that you know all things healthy. If he were if he were healthy and he's able to get back and and. Uh, and hit. I, it all goes down to his hitting. If he's hitting, I think there's going to be a spot for for him on this team in some capacity. You say that, but he, even if it becomes if he's a numbers hitting, game at some point. I know, but he's still behind so many guys. Even if he's hitting, because he's a DH, and we've had this conversation a million times. He's like fourth on the DH DH depth chart. Yeah, but he can play third base and would play third base. The defense well, I, I, is not that much of a. Factor to me on a regular season start on a Tuesday, Wednesday. Who gives a but shit? But there's been some really interesting developments as far as backup infielders go because Gio Urshela made a start at shortstop this week on Tuesday. And that, if the Yankees think Gio Urshela can back up Glaber, that doesn't mean he steps in for a month if Glaber goes down because I don't think that's realistic. But if he can play shortstop once a week to give Glaber a day off or come in if Glaber, you know, twists an ankle or something like that then that opens up the bench spots where Tyler Wade is no longer a lock to make the roster. True. 
And then you have Derek Dietrich who comes into play because he can play second base and third base. You have Jay Bruce who has a better shot to make the roster because of his infield outfield flexibility. So if you have Derek Dietrich who has not, I mean, he had like one good game in spring training and people are like, oh, this guy must make the roster. I don't know what I don't like looking at spring training stats, but I haven't really heard him doing anything good since that first week. But people like him. He's a fan favorite already. He's like this year's. I don't even know. He's like he's the soup du jour of of 2021 spring training. He can play a couple of infield spots. DJ LeMahieu obviously can play the infield spots. So if he needs to shift over to third base, he can do that. But I just think this geo thing is very interesting with how they can construct the roster. I, I agree. I think it changes it changes the game. Look, we 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 had this as a side note with uh, them talking about geo potentially playing short, and you know one of the reasons why I think it was brought up earlier, you know, even before spring training. I don't. I think it was before spring training. We we mentioned it, but you know he's played over there when uh, when the shift is on as well. So he's got experience sliding over there. He's just a good glove in the in the first place. Uh, and I think they're confident with him, you know, not really giving up too much. The range, maybe, but um, we're talking well, did, about labor range. It's not that much. Yeah, I was going to say, does Geo have that much worse range at shortstop than, than Glaber? Well, no, but I think that your range also will get knocked a little bit just from instincts, not pay, playing, not getting the reps, not playing the position as much, like getting a good read off the off the bat from short to third to short. He's just, he doesn't have the, the reps there to right. have that, that, that same instinct as a, uh, any other shortstop, I think that's just played there more more often and more times. I mean, do you think the Yankees will actually do this though? I, I still yeah, don't I do. It. I think they will do it. I, I I think that they're looking for an option where if there's a ball hit, I don't know, seven feet one way, seven feet the other way. If the ball is hit and it's it's within range to get a glove on it. He he would be just fine making making a play, and I think they're comfortable. I don't with that, doubt. Especially I don't for the doubt regular that. season. I don't doubt that. I just, I don't know if they, I hope because Tyler Wade, all he does is he he can play defense at shortstop. That's his role on the team. If he makes the team, but I don't know if they're ready to give that up yet. I don't know if they, they believe in them, what they're testing enough yet to say, we don't need Tyler Wade on this roster. I'll believe it when I see it. Look, I think you know I've been I've made these uh, the argument for Tyler Wade for for a long time, just as far as the way that he can fit under this roster, and it's very much in a role player position that just doesn't come into play that often early in the season. I think you know a Tyler Wade for the the other things, the the defense, the the running the bases, like the flexibility on that side, could come into play later in the season as a bench guy that has a very specific role within a game. That's what he is. He's the last guy on the bench that gives you some flexibility on defense, gives you some flexibility on the base path. That's what he is. Maybe he can lay a bunt down. Who knows? My point is, he's not an everyday player. He doesn't need to be an everyday player during the, the regular season. If if he can be, uh, I don't know how many how many options he has left. I'm trying to look at it. I, I can't find it, but he's got to be coming up on them, to be honest. He's who, who are you talking about? Tyler Wade. He's Oh, uh, yeah. He's got to be getting I, close. I don't know. But, so, but that's, uh, the that's, I, so that's a factor. And and if he's in the minor leagues getting everyday reps at shortstop, like that's probably a good thing, honestly, for the New York Yankees as a, as a whole for when he needs to come up. If he's if he ends up coming up late in the season, helping in a, a, a smaller capacity, like that would be a positive thing. 
for him. As I think they're going to have four four bench spots. Uh, twenty six man roster, thirteen pitchers, thirteen bench players. Unless they're carrying an extra bench spot to start the season, I just don't see that happening. But so there's eight guys I think are in contention for those four spots. Higgy, he's a lock. He's the backup catcher, so I don't even want to talk about that. Gardner, he's also a lock. I mean, he's just going to make make the roster. You, you see, he played right field. I did. That's awesome. It's great. Give him flexibility. That means uh, get get off Clint Frazier's nuts. So that means you have to pick two of these next six players that are going to make the roster. Jay Bruce, Derek Dietrich, Tyler Wade, Mike Talkman, Mike Ford, Estrada. Yeah, and I already t- I can tell you who they're going to be. Okay, tell me. They're going to be Jay Bruce and Mike Talkman. Interesting. So they're going... I, mm, I did not expect you to say Talkman. Um, so I think they that, want the depth in that the means there's, there's only the, there is no backup infielder other than Jay Bruce and he can only play for a space now that there's guys that can shift around, but, uh, but that, do you see what I'm saying? That doesn't work because, because you have, uh, you have DJ Glaber geo starting. If one of those guys goes down, how do you fill out the infield? If you need to plug in an infielder you he goes down within the game or like the next yeah day? yeah within the game you i mean uh um dj lemay who can play literally every position on i know the, that the the, the diamond so, so you're okay not have so Gla- much of an issue glaber torres needs to come out of the game in the fifth inning yep what happens urshela goes to uh urshela goes to shortstop yeah uh, lemay who goes to third and bruce goes to first who goes to second um, <laughs> hang on. I'll, yeah. I'm looking around. <laughs> There's no one. They're going to need another backup infielder. So you're saying, so then, okay. It's not Mike Talkman. It's Derek Dietrich or Tyler Wade. Yeah, you're right. So where's, so it, it's either Bruce or Talkman then because Bruce, I mean, Bruce can play a corner outfield. So does Gardner playing right field now spell the end of Talkman? I just have a very difficult time thinking that they're going to give up on Talkman. Or like you mentioned, he's last out time, of, maybe he's maybe he's a a late spring trade. Yeah, because I think they love Talkman. I think they think he's the outfield Gio Urshela. But where does he play on this roster now that Gardner is back? They're going to be forced to either sign Bruce or not, obviously, because he's got that option. So he's either going to be an impact bat on this team, and they believe that, and. They're going to, they, you know, does it matter during this, the regular season? Probably not as much, but they're essentially making a decision for what he could be late in the year into the postseason now, right? I mean, that's that's essentially what, what we're doing here because you have to make that decision. You're forced to make that decision. Otherwise, you lose him probably to another roster. Yeah, I mean, I think the easy decision is tell Jay Bruce, we're not going to put you on the roster. We're going to release you now so you can have the best chance to get on with another team. But that's that, the easy but, decision. But again, that 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 affects what the Yankees could be at the end of the year, having an impact lefty bat. I know, and but, that's a huge risk. Like, but not I, give, but not giving up that th- player. That's not a huge. That's not a huge risk. I think it's a risk. I think it's a big. I think that Jay Bruce it's a could minor be a big risk. piece. It's a minor risk. When you're start again, I said this before the 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 regular season Jay Bruce at impact. Who cares? It's not. That's not what we're talking about. That's so then, not pick why up another here. Jay Bruce at the trade deadline. There's going to be seven Jay Bruces to pick up at the trade deadline. I mean, if you if you believe that there's going to be seven Jay Bruces that have the ability to to have a production like him, then then okay. But I don't know if that's true. 
you're risking legitimately not legitimately seven but there is always a jay bruce type that is gets traded at the deadline you can make a trade yeah you can see who's still out there you know taking bp at their at their cage in their basement you know yeah but but jay bruce is a guy that has shown and has proven the ability to be an impact bat like a significant impact bat and all signs are saying guys love him natural fit in the clubhouse He's a Yankee guy. They love him. Feels like he's been there for years. Veteran presence. Sure. You know, my, you know my feeling about these veteran presence guys on yeah, a team like them. this. And I, I, you know, I had some pushback on Twitter when I, the last time I mentioned this about this being a younger team at this point. And I understand that, that it's not, it's not as young of a team as it was two years ago, but it's still a young team. It's still a team that, that needs to get over the hump and. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. And Jay Bruce is a guy that can help that. Yeah, and maybe they surprise us all and only carry 12 pitchers to start the season. But I, I can I see that too. It. But I don't. they never do that. You're right, but they could. They they love the bullpen arms. They love the bullpen bullets because they they fly through them so quickly. Dealing I know, with so some I, guys, I mean, so you have guys uh, that that do have the ability to go some you know length in the bullpen as well. You have a number of guys who can do that, so you could theoretically get away with that for a bit. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. I I just think the versatility. I mean, I don't see how Mike Talkman fits on the roster. I just have a difficult is, saying time saying they're going to get rid of Mike Talkman unless it's a unless it's a late season trade. I I, I hear you. Uh, late late spring training trade. But yeah, uh, I, I hear you. Both are true. I don't see how Mike Talkman fits on this roster, and I don't see them giving him up. Right. Like uh, both of those things are true, and I don't know which one's going to break first. Yeah, I guess it depends on how they feel about Jay Bruce. That's a that's a key piece of this. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. Is there something interfering with your happiness or is preventing you from achieving your goals? We've all gone through a lot over the past year plus with COVID. Well, BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. You can start communicating in under 48 hours. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It's professional counseling done securely online. There's a broad range of expertise available, which may not be locally available in your area. And it's available worldwide. You can log into your account anytime and send a message to your counselor. You'll get timely and thoughtful responses. Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions so you won't ever have to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room as with traditional therapy. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches so they make it easy and free to change counselors if needed. It's more affordable than traditional offline counseling and financial aid is available. 
BetterHelp wants you to start living happier today. You can visit their website and read their testimonials that are posted daily to see for yourself. Visit betterhelp.com slash Bronx21. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, and join the over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health with the help of experienced professionals. We have a great special offer for our listeners. You can get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash Bronx21. One more time, betterhelp.com slash Bronx21. One other quick uh, injury to mention. Higgy uh, was experiencing some soreness in his side, but he says he's going to be back by the weekend. It's not a big deal. What is a potentially a big deal, though, is if Higgy does have an injury because Chirinos is out, who's the backup catcher? I mean, so that we were kind of going down the roster this morning. Like, okay, is it Mike Bro? Is it, is it uh, Josh Mac, Bro. Max, Max McDowell, Josh Bro? Like, who who's steps into that backup catcher role? I mean, they're going to go find Eric Kratz, wherever the hell he is uh, these days, and, and re-sign him uh, if Higgy does go down. So I think that was worth mentioning. But the thing I do want to talk about, a couple of things around the league. First of all, Bryce Harper is not an analytics guy. He's anti-nerd stats. Makes me you, makes uh, me like him makes me like him more. I, the interview is, is it's pretty good. Did pretty you listen good. to I'm it? a GED guy? Yeah, like yeah. that's that's good. I did, I made it to sophomore year in high school, but but I'm, <laughs> so, I'm look at me now. Basically, I'm doing okay. Yeah, it was a it's a funny clip. Uh, he was doing a Zoom interview. He said, "I don't really like stats. I don't really like any of that stuff. Exit velocity. I don't care about that either. I'm more of exit hits. I want guys to get hits. I want guys to perform." I don't understand any of that stuff. I'm a GED guy. I don't really understand any of that. In the middle of him stammering, he's like, I don't understand. What is this? W, w something. W. Yeah. <laughs> I, that was my favorite part of it. W. Wo- Do you I know what the know. ironic part of it Shut up, is nerd. though? Get in the locker. Is that as Scott Boris was like going around shopping Bryce Harper, like he had all of these nerd stats ready to go on Bryce Harper. Harper's probably sitting there in these meetings, like on his phone playing Candy Crush. Like, what, what the <laughs> hell are you talking about, dude? Yeah, I mean that, but I like that. That like those numbers tell you what a guy does, but the guy just goes see ball, hit ball, and that's that's okay too. I, I'm more of exit hits. It's such yeah. a it's such a Bryce Harper statement to make. It doesn't make sense. Those words together don't make sense. But I understand fully what he's saying. So uh, yeah, anti nerd Bryce Harper. Um, very funny. See ball, hit ball, destroy ball. That's my job. <laughs> if I get on base, that's a good thing. If I hit home runs, that's a good thing. Well, then maybe that's why the Yankees didn't sign him because in in the meeting with Brian Cashman, not, not as not I don't, much of a nerd guy. No. I, I don't give a crap about your nerd stats. I'm going <laughs> to give all this analytics department a swirly. And Brian Cashman's like, okay, I guess we're not signing Bryce Harper. Damn it! Makes me like makes me want him way more now. <laughs> uh, the other thing I want to talk about this this caught my attention. So I saw this on Twitter: the rules that MLB will be testing in the minor leagues, uh, a number of just whatever bullshit rules that you don't care about, except this one double a the defensive team must have a minimum of four players on the infield, each of whom must have both feet completely in front of the outer boundary of the infield dirt. This is talking about getting rid of those shifts. So you can still have guys. You can still have three players on the right side or left side of second base, but they all have to be on the infield dirt. And as you know, that's a big deal. Not so much for if you're shifting on a right-handed hitter, because a lot of times, even when you're shifting on a right-handed hitter, the 
the guy in the shortstop hole is still pretty close to the infield because that's such a long throw. Yeah. But it really comes into play for left-handed hitters because they, they play 30 feet into right field sometimes. So this They're, has no impact on the New York Yankees. Well, I mean, it's double A anyway. I know. But I'm I just think, saying there's no left-handed bat to oh, right. pull the ball Hicks. very much. Yeah. Hicks. This is but, Mark Teixeira was like, why wasn't this rule implemented? <laughs> But I like that they're doing this. And there's also the caveat in here that they could test requiring when a pitch is thrown people to be on either side of second base. You must have two defenders on each side of second base, which is where I would like to see it go because that completely takes away the shift. But this, I think for left-handed hitters is a pretty big impact. I agree. Look, I've uh, we've been vocal about the dumb testing of rules they do in the minor leagues. This particular one, you know, maybe it's the uh, get off my lawn uh, aspect of what I how I think, but I, I liked I liked the fact that there are more hits in a game, and you know this it, it feels like an you're offsides like, you're, rule. You're like Bryce Harper; he likes hits. I like hits. I like exit hits, but it feels like an offsides rule type of thing where where you're just you know you're uh, you're allowing more offense to happen and people playing their position within the constraints of what that position should be and normally has been and uh, and 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 just currently is. So. I like it. I do. I like it a lot. I like it and I want them to implement it. I hope it goes well because if they get rid of the shift, baseball is just going to be more fun. Yeah. I, I mean, I think it's we've as simple as that. Not, we've talked at nauseum about why we want to reduce the shift and it all gets back to making the game a more entertaining product. Like that's the bottom line. How do we make baseball entertaining to watch? And, and, and I think that what, what's crazy also is that like, I, I don't think this is the natural path of thought here, but this will I believe will actually speed up games. Maybe not in the very short term, but I think over oh, yeah, you look be, at the sample size no, because it's there's going to be more balls in play. There's yep. going to be more ground balls because people aren't yep. going to be swinging for the, I, I bet launch uh, velocity, you start to see a dip in that as well. If this becomes a uh, instituted rule over the years, you're going to start seeing guys spray the ball more and put more bat to ball, looking for contact, looking to get on base, looking to take the extra, take the extra base. There's going to be movement on the base path. But there's going to be more outs because of that. There's going to be less strikeouts, less home runs, most likely, and more balls in play, which means outs can happen. Ball in play, out recorded. That's well, a great I mean, thing to see because that does speed up the game. I think it does. It will help speed up the game a little bit because walks take a long time, strikeouts take a long time, home runs take a long time. So, but I think the biggest difference is that, okay, it speeds up the game four, five, six minutes, whatever. That's not a huge impact. But the game is more entertaining when you're watching for those three hours and 20 minutes. More stuff is happening in those three hours and 20 minutes rather than not much happening in three hours. It's totally different. The game feels faster because more shit is happening. Right. That's that's And that's exactly the case, right? You look at a football game and you're, you're spending three hours watching a football game. There's a one o'clock game. There's a four o'clock game. A long ass halftime in between, in between. But there's things happening on every, every play. So you're watching like action, you know, often. And- that's that is part of the the perception is part of the reality here, and when you see more action, it's just going to be a better product. I think people mm -hmm. will be happier watching baseball, and get more into it when you see doubles in the gap, base hits, guy taking a first to third on a ground ball up the middle. Doesn't happen that often anymore. So we do have some stats that were pulled by intern Bob, who was on the locker room, and he will be on the next regular show. Um, he, he's, so he, this is, his, this was his first homework assignment for, for the specific I could podcast. really use him right now looking up the amount of uh, options that Tyler Wade has. 
<laughs> Why don't you DM him real quick? So uh, the fifth starter battle uh, is kind of heating up. Devi Garcia and Domingo Herman. Devi Garcia's spring training stats so far, eight innings, five hits, three runs, two walks, 10 strikeouts. Domingo Herman, nine innings, five hits, no runs, one walk, 13 strikeouts. Uh, I don't want to make this a Domingo Herman domestic violence conversation. Let's just talk about baseball. At some point, we have to talk about baseball, right? With with him, yeah. if he's on this team. So, so our, our thoughts on him off the field are pretty clear. When we're talking about baseball, I think far and away, Domingo Herman will get this fifth starter job to start the season. Yeah, I agree. I think it, it just makes a ton of sense. Because Domingo Herman has already pitched in the major leagues. He's 29 years old. This is a kind of a, you either got to prove it that we're, we, you know, it's worth it that we kept you and kept through all this shit, or we're going to move on from you. And this is your opportunity to prove it. Whereas Debbie Garcia, he only threw six games in, in the quote major leagues last year during the pandemic season. He had a one inning start in the playoffs, putting him in AAA and saying, you're going to start nine or 10 games in AAA to start the season is that's chalked up to development. Chalk it up to development. Be ready when the when the call comes, though, because you're probably when the first someone guy goes up. down with an injury. When Jeffrey Garcia will get called when up. someone comes goes down because it's yes. inevitable. Um, you're gonna come. You're gonna be the first guy up. Great. That's a that's a great thing to have. That's a great thing yeah. to have. I mean, either one of these guys in in uh, in in the in AAA waiting to come up to to be the uh, you know the the next guy starting for for a potential uh, missed start. Not a bad situation here on the mound. Like both are effective, and Debbie yeah, Garcia is fun and exciting, but he's got options, and, and it makes sense to keep him in there to develop more. I think you just throw Herman to the fire. Yeah, you're going to get a start every fifth day. Put up or shut up. That's yeah, it. and you got to have a hard line with him too. Uh, all right, couple mailbag questions before we wrap up here. This first one is from Chris Mack. This was one that we did not get to last week, but I thought it was an interesting question. He says, who do you see making the biggest step forward and biggest step backwards in 2021? Uh, and he asked for position players and pitchers. So these are three guys on each that I, I jotted down. You can disagree with me. And I, the way I'm thinking about this is like Clint Frazier took a huge step forward in 2021. Who can pull a Clint Frazier or in 2020? Who can pull a Clint Frazier in 2021? And I think Gary Sanchez is the clear and away favorite to do that. I mean, he had a 64 OPS plus last year. Can he get back to being the 125 OPS guy, OPS plus guy? I think Glaber Torres needs to rebound from a pretty mediocre age 23 season, even though it was a shortened season. It was bad. It was a bad season for Glaber Torres. Yeah, he and he's he will fully admit that too. Yeah. And I also think Jordan Montgomery, Jordan Montgomery, full year removed from Tommy John surgery, had a good playoff start. This is a this is a can you build off of your 2018 season in which you were one of the best rookie pitchers in baseball? This this is why this team is exciting and scary at the same time, because there are a lot of guys that we could list in this first category of candidates for biggest step forward. Who I else could, you got? I could also throw in Aaron Hicks. Definitely. I could throw in Aaron Hicks as our starting. Know. We, know, we know what Aaron as Hicks our is. Start, no, because if he's if he's hitting in the three spot with the other guys around him consistently, if he's staying healthy, like there's a, there's the ability for him to put up some good numbers. Like there health, could be okay, so the ability to stay there. The real, health is, I guess, the thing with Hicks. If I he can, can play 135 or 140 yeah, games, then, then that's a fine, huge deal. That's a big help for what the Yankees do. Um, Performance wise, I think we know what Hicks is. I also think that, I also think that, uh, well, he also, you know, has been talking about this injury that he was, that he had a shoulder 
uh, injury last year and it was affecting the way he played. So there's definitely room for him to get much better. I think Clint Frazier, while he showed what he uh, what he could do last year, now that he's stepping into you know uh, starting left field role full time, potential full time, there's even more that he could build on, and I do expect him to have a really good year and take an even a, a, you know another step from what we saw last year. I think that he's got the ability to um, to become a more complete hitter, to to use all all sides of the field, and really become you know, one of those guys that can, that can alter the way that pitchers approach this lineup. I think he, I mean, I really believe this. We're not at our bold predictions yet, but he could be an X factor in the sense that he's a right-handed bat, but he's got the ability and the bat speed to really spray the ball if he wanted to. And I think Who that's are you talking about Clint Frazier. Okay. I think, well, no, he already took a step forward. What are you talking about? I said he could take a bigger step forward. Now that he's starting role. I think there's more for him from him to go forward. I think there's a lot of potential up and down this entire lineup. But but him changing his approach a bit and being able to be a more complete hitter will, uh, I think, affect the way that pitchers attack this lineup. If you could have a right-handed guy besides DJ being able to spray the ball a little bit, I really do think that's a, a big deal here. Um, the guys that you mentioned, I think Gary Sanchez is the number one guy to for sure oh, yeah. put on this list easily. Um, Torres didn't have a good year. And then Montgomery is coming back from an injury. So, you know, we just got to see him hold up. I do agree with you. Luke Voigt probably has the biggest opportunity to take a step back. Um, yeah. But he led the league in home runs last year. Like, is that legit? Is is Luke Voigt one of the best first basemen in baseball? Or is he kind of a flash in the pan? I think we're going to find that out. Everything that he has done since he's come here has been, he's one of the better first basemen besides the when he had a sports hernia. That was the, that was right. the time when he was You're injured. Right. It was clear that he was injured. And we saw the, uh, you know, we saw him suffer because of that injury. Every other moment that he's been in, he's looked very real. So, so, so like stats wise, he has been a top five production offensive first baseman in baseball since 2000, since he came to the Yankees in 2018. I mean, that's, I mean, it was a couple months in 2018. It was a couple months in 2019, aside from the injury, and it was a shortened pandemic season. So I still think he needs to prove it. I guess so. At some point you have to, you have to. I'm not going to chalk him up to uh, the the pandemic, and and I actually think that the injury was really the only thing that that you're looking at for a, a fall off, and I can lean on that. I could say, well, he really hasn't shown that he's been a, a, a player that's sub what he was last year, besides an injured uh, time when he you know could barely swing a bat or it hurt to swing all the way through. He was just dealing with an injury, so. I mean, I could go to the other side of that and just blame the injury for for any kind of negative performance. So there's a lot of guys that have the ability to show more. Not that many guys that have a huge opportunity to step back because there's there's kind of like a a disclaimer for everybody on this team almost. DJ LeMahieu, I guess he's the only what one. About, that, no, no. What about Geo? I think Geo is a candidate, kind of like Luke Voigt. Yeah, but he's 133 OPS plus with the Yankees. That's elite. I'm, that's, that's what I'm saying. Good. Like he hasn't that's shown elite. it. Does he have the uh, the ability? Because his name is Gio Urshela, so that's the reason. Yes, yeah, the only it, reason. I mean, <laughs> it's a part of me, and maybe it's unfair because his name is Gio Urshela and his name is Luke Voigt, and they acquired them for nothing. Is it for real? I still need to know. I don't know if I'll ever believe it. The other side of this is you I could like actually, it, but you, you could look at uh, Clint Frazier in the other way and say that okay, he showed it last year, showed that stuff up. What if he regresses from there? What if he actually doesn't show to be that guy? And then now there's Brett Gardner, you know, patrolling left field a lot more often 
because Frazier is not actually continuing what he did last year. Potential yeah, there they, too. That, that could happen. I, I mean, can make an argument both ways. Probably every person on the team at this point. I mean, at least Clint Frazier was a top draft pick and a top prospect throughout his entire minor league career. So that's a candidate for a big step back, no? And my, my point is that like when he took that step forward last year, we weren't like, oh, wow, that was surprising. It was like, finally, he's living up to his potential. I'm going to definitely say that I was surprised with the outfield play. There's no doubt about it. But I but can't believe also he's actually camped of- under that ball and also catching it. Well, is, are the, is his eyes open? Awesome. No, but... But don't you understand what I'm saying? Like, no one's surprised. If Clint Frazier turns into a 10-year MLB vet and makes a couple all-star teams, no one's going to be like, that came out of nowhere. I, I agree with that. But I think that's, that's you You look up and down the lineup, the only two guys where you're saying that came out of nowhere for anything positive is Luke Voigt and Gio Urshela. <laughs> exactly my point. But that, that also, does that mean that they're the candidate for the biggest step back? Yes, that, that okay. does. <laughs> And the last guy I put on the list was Chad Green. Do you realize this is his sixth season with the Yankees? Yeah, it feels like he's been around for a minute. Uh, obviously, he burst onto the scene in the bullpen in, in 2017. But he's had his ups and downs the last couple of years. So we've seen guys flame out in the bullpen. And that's, I guess, my only concern is that is this is Chad Green going to flame out? I hope he doesn't because he's now he's he's the number three guy in the bullpen, number one to start the season. He's definitely, yeah, top three most trusted guys. And I mean, it's hard to put Chapman even in that mix because he's dedicated to one uh, one inning. So when you have a fire that's happening in a perfect world, it's Britain or Chad Green. All right, one more mailbag question. It's a, a quick one. It's from Peter Marks, and this was sent in a few years ago. He starts off by talking about how- This was sent in a few years ago? Few, few, few uh, weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> I had a baby five weeks ago, so it feels like a few years. So he's just talking about how he was uh, in Boston during the Bucky Dent game. Anyway, I've got a partial resolution to one of the sore points that you both mentioned. Instant replay and overturning calls. A very simple and fair solution. Teams should not be allowed to view any electronic replays before challenging. Umpires have to make the calls instantaneously, and teams should challenge based on what they saw, with only the most blatant missed calls likely being overturned. Whether it's 5 or 10 or 20 seconds to challenge, they should not be allowed to watch slow motion replays before they challenge the call. So will definitely cut down on time and game disruptions. Also, on the new 2020 rules, I hate the runner on second base. But anyway, okay, so he his idea that you can't, Boone can't put up his hand. Wait, hold on, wait. Call down to whoever's down in the tunnel. Watch on instant replay. Watch on Yesmo, presented by Hyundai. Oh, okay, yeah, I want to I want to challenge it. No, none of that. I I agree. It should be a very uh, much shorter window. You should be able to uh you should not be able to look at the replay and be like, "Yeah, slow-mo, that guy is out." Clearly, you're getting the same slow-mo as the guy that's going to look at it to overturn it. So you already know <laughs> right, the so result. So at that point, what's yeah, but then still they don't do it. So it's like, "Oh, well, what the hell slow-mo were you looking at in Chelsea?" No, I agree. If it's a it's a if it's one of those calls you're like, "That guy was safe." Definitely. He's telling me, I trust my guy. You challenge the call. Well, you never should trust the guy because the guys always no, you're think making that, that decision to trust the guy or not to trust the guy. That's your call. But you're not looking at the yes mo and, and identifying that. Oh, yes, he is confirmed. Correct. Uh, now let's challenge it and confirm my already confirmed. I already know what's going to happen here. So let's just make this a what's the point in that? There's no point in that. 
Yeah, I think that they got to go one of two ways. If they do do go this way, I think you'll see less manager challenges because they don't want to take the risk and they want to save it for something blatant later in the game. So that could be a positive. Or you just take the power of challenging completely away from the manager and you have an umpire up in the booth that when there's a call wrong, he quickly calls down and said, hey, bozos, you missed that call, overturn it. No challenging. That's possible. That that's that. Now you're looking at a slight delay, though, for every single potential close call. Which you know, at the end of the day, what's the? This is what we go to football. It's a, it's a couple seconds. I mean, what's, by the time the, the next guy is up to bat, you'll know. At the end of the day, what is the 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 reason why do we all want um, instant replay to be in something in a game? Is to get the call right. That's it. Just get the call right. That's all anybody wants. So if it's coming from the booth or coming from a, a guy that's up there, you know, reviewing every single play, who gives a shit? You're right. Is it because the guy had a, a a challenge in his pocket still or they challenged it after looking at slow-mo? No, no, no. It should already be looked at. If it's wrong, change it. Yeah. Um, I yeah, I'm with you. All right. I think that's gonna do it. Um, yeah, that's gonna do it for this week. Anything else you wanna you wanna mention quickly before we wrap up? Tomorrow night, just reiterate, tomorrow night is uh, we're going to do a locker room at 8 o'clock East Coast. Uh, and I work with so many people in the Pacific Coast now. So it's, I have to say, East Coast and do math. It's annoying. My brain gets uh, my brain gets overworked, which I don't appreciate. Um, but yeah. What is that in mountain time? Uh, it's one less than that, I think. So add two, subtract two, carry the one. <laughs> and then, oh, by the way, Arizona uh, doesn't participate in uh, daylight yeah. savings. Yeah. And place some parts of Mexico, which I've realized, do it later than everybody else. It's all what? What are we doing here? What are we doing? Just, just everybody get on the same page. Figure this out. It's, uh, it out. it's too much. All right, we'll how's, talk. How's to you guys being on a dad the- going? First, you got to give a quick dad report. Um, it's it's going so. Apparently, he's going through this mental leap right now. I don't know if you guys got into all this. Leanne's very into like tracking on this app when babies are going to be going through these mental leaps. And yeah. supposedly, at basically, the is this five the same week, app that tells you like your baby's a grapefruit, your baby's a, a grape? I don't know. It's like the same. Uh, to be honest, I hear that I, same woman, the the one who does the voiceover. I've heard her on commercials. I've like, whoa, that's so weird. I'm seeing you on like a Netflix show. It was very yeah. yeah. So I don't know what app this is, but supposedly in today, as of today or yesterday, he was going through a mental leap and some things that we might start to notice is like he went, he actually might make eye contact and, and lock it versus like eyes darting around. And it's like, you're kind of always trying to meet his eyes and like, he's kind of staring distantly. So he's, he might start to recognize some things. So I'm looking forward to when he recognizes me. And these are different. These are like general ranges and when these you can expect these types no, of things to happen supposedly it's like specific days tracking back to the due date of the baby and like 99% of babies hit them at the same time that's that's weird yeah and like i'm just hoping when he does make eye contact so now you have another he, thing to have anxiety about if he's not locking eyes with you yeah. like that's all that's doing when he's recognizing me he's not like oh shit i know that guy i got to pee on him yeah I, that <laughs> I, I, I locked eyes with that guy. Never again. <laughs> I, saw, I saw the devil. Never again. But uh, you got to see him briefly on one of our calls this morning. Yes. Uh, I'll have to get him on another call. Nice. Maybe we can uh, introduce him to Kemp at some point, and then they can just take this podcast from us. There you go. All right. Well, yeah, uh, that's, uh, that's it. I wanted the, uh, the old report, but we will, we, we will have a Bob on the next call. So excited about that. Bob's going to be uh, yep. playing a role in the show, and, uh, and yeah, it's going to be fun. 
Good stuff. Keep keep your mailbags coming, all that good stuff. Join the locker room Thursday, 8 p.m. Talk to you then. Hey, guys. Thanks for listening to the Bronx Pinstripe Show. Make sure you find us on iTunes and subscribe so you can get all new episodes directly onto your phone. If you do like the show, we'd love for you to take a minute and give us a five-star rating and review in iTunes. It really helps us out and allows us to create more shows. We're on Twitter at Bronx Pinstripes and the same on Facebook. You can always find us there talking Yankee baseball. Thanks again, guys, for your support. Really appreciate it. And go Yankees. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.